pleasure to see everyone. All of the, uh, I love seeing people's names written in black and white. It's really a pleasure to see that. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, thanks all for, uh, for showing your faces. Uh, and for those who are just at least joining with us in spirit, we can feel your presence here. So thanks for taking the time to share. You know, today's Mida that we're going to be looking at is for the upcoming day of the Sfiras Omer is Yisod Shibigvura. Now, Yisod, and as I've mentioned already in the past, the Midos up until this point have really been direct expressions of the Hanhagas Hashem. Really, the first three Midos, Chesed, Gvura, and Tiferes, are the essence of the Anhaga, the way that Hashem manifests in the world. The remaining Midos are extensions or implications of those Midos. We saw the parallel between Netzach and Hod with Chesed and Gvura. And what we're looking at tonight is the aspect of Yesod as manifest within the Mida of Gvura. So what is Yesod? So in Kabbalistic literature, Yesod and Malchus work in tandem. They're aligned with each other. They both run down the Kav Emtsa'i in the, in the hierarchy, the structure of Yosher, in the Kabbalistic uh, kind of linear system of the Spheros. Yesod is seen as the delivery mechanism of the first five of the Midos. So what we've seen until now, as far as the first five steps, Chesed through Hod, are the Hanhaga and its manifestations. We saw the Nitzchios, the eternal fight, the eternality of Hashem's Gilui of his Chesed, of his commitment to life in all its facets. We saw the Hod, which is the inner conviction, the value that's there. Yesod is seen as the funnel, the channel that allows all of that Gilui to begin reaching towards the world. Now, I know that this sounds abstract and hopefully going to make it a little bit more concrete. And as we're going to see tomorrow, and as we get further along in the Midos, uh, we, and we spend a full week on Yesod and Malchus respectively, Malchus is the actual place where the Gilui itself happens in the world. In other words, all of the Midos at whatever level that they occur at, uh, in the Hishtalshlos from Hashem as the Ein Sof towards the physical world, Malchus is the place where the realm of the spiritual, the empire of, of spirituality, of the Ruchniyastika world, where the Spheros come to life and, and kind of interface with humanity in a way that we can experience them. So what Yesod is in its essence, as the Svarim describe it, is a notion of hiskashros, of connectivity. That there's a means by which the upper five spheros, the first five in, in the Hanhaga, become manifest in the world, as I've mentioned. And there's a, a very interesting metaphor that's given for this by uh, one of the great early on students of the Baal Shem Tov, fellow by the name of Rabbi Avram HaMalach. He was known as Rabbi Avram the Angel. He was a, the only son of the Magad of Mezrich, one of the main students of the Baal Shem. And he gives the following analogy. He was known as Avram the Malach because the Baal Shem Tov gave a bracha to the Magad of Mezrich later on in life that he should have a son who was uncomparable. And apparently the story goes that a Malach came and announced the birth of this child known as, as an incredible expert in the, in the world of the Kabbalah of the Baal Shem. He wrote a sefer called Chesed La Avram, which deals with the, with the spheros. 
Uh, and he gives the following explanation for Yisod. He said, Yisod who is kashros ligmor kol davar mimidos hachamisha she'amarnu. Yisod is the connectivity. It's the it's the bond which allows the completion of all of the five midos before. He gives the following parable. He says, imagine a person has not seen his beloved child for many, many years. And he starts having the opportunity. It's coming up. He's getting closer. He's finally going to be able to see and to actualize that relationship. He's been yearning and desiring to have that relationship. So all sorts of distractions that might come in his way don't get in the way of him and his entire focus on allowing my desires and my love and all of my interests to come into full manifestation. So he says that what you sow it is, meaning he's not going to be distracted by anything. A wild animal can attack him over here. Difficult you know, issues can get in his way. But he's going to plow forward because he's got his entire mind and spirit set upon the destination of, of delivering his emotions, his feelings, towards where they're supposed to manifest. So he goes on to explain that this notion of, of connectivity, of a, of a yearning desire to deliver is really a mida of its own, meaning it's not something that you would take for granted in any of the other midos. In other words, just because someone has the, the commitment to fight the good fight, who has that core value within themselves, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to deliver on any of those things. It doesn't mean that when it comes through, it will be fully unadulterated in its expression at the end of the, of the process. What Yesod, what the media of Yesod comes to teach us is that when Hashem expresses, when Hashem manifests His will in the world, it's unadulterated. It's purely what it was from the beginning is expressed in its entirety when it arrives at the layer of life that we can experience it at. The aspect of Yesod then is that there's a, not only is there an undying foundation, which is the notion of Yesod, you know, in, in the literal word of Yesod, meaning foundation, there's a place that it all manifests, there's a place where Hashem delivers and is fully expressive, fully vulnerable as far as what He desires to give across, those midos, and how they actually end up being manifest. That there's a fullness, a completion, and that there's a total expression to it. There's nothing being held back as far as the midos are being delivered. Uh, and that's why in the Kabbalistic metaphors, in the, in the body of an Adam, which is seen as expressing all the different components of the Midos, Yesod is connected the Mila, Bris Mila. And that's because it's a place that of the body, which is A, the connective organ of the body. It's the place where a body, a person can connect outside of himself to another in an intimate way. But it's also a place where if you consider the Mila component of it, it's a place of, of vulnerability. Because it's the Mila represents cutting away the protective element of self in order to become a, a higher level of sensitivity and thereby the connection is more potent, is more complete. And so in that sense, Yesod represents the fullness of how the Midos come to manifest in our life, that there is nothing being held back, that there's full vulnerability and openness to share that which Hashem wishes to share at the, at the top of the chain. So what this means for us, uh, you know, when we look at this as far as the practical level for us, we find a, a notion talked about in the Gemara in Shabbos, where as far as we're dealing with this in the Yisod Shebik as, as an expression of Gevura, 
the Gemara says, Kol Dayan Shadan Din Emes Laamito, anybody who judges pure justice, unadulterated justice, Afilu Shah Echas, even for one moment, the Torah considers it as if you become partners with Hashem in my Sabratius. So you are partners in creating the world. Brings an interesting drasha ksiv hacha. The Pasuk says by Moshe Rabbeinu, al Moshe min ada erev, that the nation stood in the presence of Moshe from morning until evening, awaiting his justice. That there was night, there was evening, there was morning, one day. So this juxtaposition of the term Erev and Boker in the creation narrative is being paralleled with how Moshe spent Men HaBoker Ad HaErev in justice. And it's telling us that just as Hashem creates the world in Boker Ad Erev, so too when a person is involved in pure Din, there's a collaboration with Hashem at the macro scale. In other words, in the same way that when Hashem creates Bria, as we're seeing here in Yisod, when Hashem creates Bria, whatever way that he ultimately is manifesting himself, the desires, the dreams that Hashem has for creation, are fully manifest, and they come to fruition at the level that we can experience them. And there's a level of integrity to the dream that he originally had, that that which Hashem originally desired is what is what ultimately becomes manifest and becomes expressed. When a person is involved in din, in the truest sense, they're also collaborating with Hashem on that level of yesod. They're having that integrity to the initial vision that Hashem had for creation, which is that Hashem desired the things which he wants for it to be a world of truth, a world of life, a world which arrives at the ultimate tov, which basically comes full circle to Hashem's existence itself. It brings us back to be the Bali HaTov, that Hashem desired from the beginning. And when a person is involved in that process, they find themselves becoming partners and, and almost equals with Hashem as far as the level of integrity that they have. And this aspect of the unadulterated integrity is something that comes across also very famously. People throw around, uh, and this is the Pasuk that's frequently quoted in the Kabbalistic text, this notion of tzaddik yesod olam, that a the righteous person is the foundation of the world, playing on this notion of, uh, of Yesod. The Zohar already brings this, that Yesod is called Tzadik, you know, it, it makes Hashem called a Tzadik. The notion of a Tzadik is a person who has full integrity, who lives by the values that they, that they ascribe themselves to, who has that level of integrity. And, and this is the notion that uh, it's beautifully brought out, the Gemara at the end of Makos, which talks about how through successive generations, when they found that people were having more and more difficult time adhering to the entire set of 613 mitzvos. So the Gemara says that in successive generations, they kind of boiled down the mitzvos to fewer and fewer. Starts with 13 and goes to 11 and 9 and 7 and 5 and 3. And ultimately it comes down to the bottom line. And it says that that Habakkuk came along and established all of the mitzvahs on one mitzvah. That the, if he could kind of boil down the essence of what it means to be involved in Torah, what it would come down to is the mitzvah of, as he says, the tzaddik ve'amunaso yichyeh. The notion that a tzaddik lives by his ne'emanus, lives by his faithfulness. What is that idea? So the, the idea there is, is that I, I think that there's a lot to be said about it, 
But the notion is that we refer to Hashem as having Ne'emanus. Amazing Pasek in towards the end of the Torah in, in Hazinu, where the Torah describes Hashem as, as an El Emunah Ve'ein Avel. Hashem is a God of Emuna. He's a Kel Emuna. Tzadik Ve'yasharhu. He's righteous and he's straightforward. So what does it mean that Hashem is Tzadik Ve'yashar? Says the Sifri, a Kel Emunah, Sheheemin Ba'olamo Ubar'o. That Hashem believed in his world and created it. Hashem believed in his world. I mean, so for the Western notion of belief, that's a, that's a very difficult pill to swallow. I mean, b- belief for the Westerner means essentially blind faith. I'm going to accept something on a premise that, uh, that I don't actually know, and I'm going to run with it. But if we understand the notion of, of imuna as, as commitment, as faithfulness, as being fully committed to the dream that you have, and no matter how difficult and challenging the path is, you maintain that level of ne'emanus to, the, to your dream, to your endeavor. What Hashem has when he begins the world is a emuna in the world, is an emuna in us, an integrity and a commitment and a faith that we will carry through and that ultimately we are going to persevere and we are going to reach the success. Now, of course, when we think about it on the level of the Ein Sof, the creator of the universe, Hashem knows he doesn't require faithfulness. Obviously, if he's creating the world, then it succeeds. We have to think about it again. We're talking from within the matrix. That within the world, to if, when you consider it, to think about what it takes from Hashem's standpoint to create the world, the amount of ne'emonus that he must have in us is such that when we wake up every single morning, that's exactly what we say. We literally say this every single morning. We get up and we say, You returned my soul back to me with compassion. You have so much emuna in me. You have so much belief in me. I thought we, were, we should be waking up in the morning saying we believe in him. And instead we're talking about how he believes in us. It's because when we wake up in the morning and we realize, by God, I don't have to be here. Hashem could just pull the plug on this program any day. I mean, think about how I've been living my life up until now. Frankly, I'm surprised he hasn't pulled the plug. The fact that I can wake up the next morning and say, thank God I'm alive. And that Hashem has so much belief in me, that he knows and he's committed and he's faithful to my mission, to my journey. That's the tzidkos of Baruch Hu. That's the ne'emanus. That's the, the yesod that everything is based on. The place that Hashem delivers, the place that we see Hashem's tzidkos, is in the fact that he's patient with us. That he allows us to, to travel along that journey because he has that ne'emanus. And that he unquestionably delivers. He is that tzaddik. He is the, the zachar, the one who's fulfilling us, who's providing to us, who's opened him, us into his dream so to speak, for the world. And I said, I want you to participate with me. And that when you can live a life of uh, being done din emet la'amito, and you can have that level of truth and commitment to the journey along with me, you can be partners in Ma'asad Bereshit along with me. And so I think one implication of this is that, first of all, we need to deliver. And what I mean by that is that when we have those commitments in our lives, when we've made our determination, we need to make sure that we are giving over 100% of who we are. 
within those, those, those elements of self-expression. When we are living a life of a gibor, when we've chosen where we're going to hold back and where we are going to express, when we've found the place where the aspects of our life are harmonious, and when we've committed ourselves to the eternal battle, we need to make sure that the person who's delivering in that eternal battle is delivering 100%. That's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. That's the Ne'emanut that we attempt to mirror in our own lives. And I'll close, uh, you know, just because it's almost like a chazaka at this point, a beautiful quote from, uh, from Rav Kook, where Rav Kook says an amazing thing in one of his, in one of his uh, journals that he kept. He says the following beautiful line. He says, Lo adam et nafsho sheker. A person cannot make his soul into a liar. You can't make yourself a falsehood. Don't do it. Don't deny your own inner yearnings, the feelings that are bubbling up within yourself because of the social pressure which comes from the collective recognition and what's, what's deemed appropriate by the masses. And he says that if a person feels if a person feels those sensations of, of elevation within himself towards a particular faculty of himself, see to it to satiate yourself fully. Tamid mishoda ta'anugim ha'elyonim from the from the nurse of the delighted, exalted pleasures that you find yourself connecting to. Mimakom shalibo chafetz, from the place that your heart truly desires. And he's paraphrasing here the Gemara that says, En adam lomed Torah, ela mimakom shalibo chafetz. A person shouldn't even learn Torah, except from a place that his heart desires. That notion that when you have those feelings within yourself, you should allow them to manifest fully and not to hold back a sincere yearning within oneself, if it is coming from one's soul and is coming from a pure place, then it needs to be delivered in its entirety. And that's the, the notion of Yesod, that in the same way that Hashem delivers and that Hashem is vulnerable with us and is faithful to us and is committed to us and provides everything to us as part of the channeling through the Mida of Gvura, we should find within ourselves the capacity to do the same. And to live with that level of ne'emanus mirrored back towards the Kaddish Baruch Hu, And find within ourselves the ability to take upon ourselves one mitzvah. One mitzvah. Tzadik Sure, it's got a couple of ramifications. A couple of details that might come along with it. But if a person commits himself to the life of a tzadik. And realizes that just because they're living the life of a tzadik. Doesn't mean that they won't stumble. As Rav Hutner writes beautifully in a letter. The Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vikam. That it's tzaddik, a righteous person, falls seven times. And it's that very stumbling that allows him to get back up. And indeed, it's that stumbling that makes him the tzaddik because he's committed himself to the journey to full, unadulterated expression, even when it puts risk to himself. It's that aspect of Yesod, of the Ne'emanus, which this Mida is, is encouraging us to bring into ourselves. And as we continue along this journey from the first small footsteps uh, of the path of freedom at Pesach uh, until we reach the ultimate culmination of freedom of we should find within ourselves the capacity 
to identify within ourselves those yearnings for truth, for connectivity with Hashem, and not not uh, stifle those yearnings, but find the place within which your unique yearnings can be manifested in your relationship with God in a way which is fully unadulterated. Because there's always going to be areas in your life where there are things that you need to do, and you got to do them, and you might do them half-hearted. You know, if, if you're not a halacha guy, you still got to learn halacha. And if you're not into Kabbalah, you still, at some point, you might have to dabble. And if you're not into Tanakh, you still have an obligation. But a person needs to identify within himself where is the area where he has that deep yearning to express and make sure that that yearning is fully manifest and that the yearning as manifest is a fulfillment of your ne'emanus to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and ultimately to yourself as well. So those are some thoughts to uh, to carry us through tomorrow's Mida, Yisod Shebikvura. Thanks again for, for hanging out with me for a few minutes. Nice to see you all again. And uh, let's just see, there's some comments over here. The Mimer from Rav Kook. Um, that's in a, a collection that they published called Shmona Kvatsim. Uh, yeah, it's on the source sheet that I posted in the chat. MS to who you are. Beautiful. Yeah, MS to who you are. I mean, there, there is definitely a, a truth that's involved in Yesod. There's the, which is, that, that I, I forgot to mention it earlier, but that's why Yesod and Tiferet both run along the, the middle, the, the Kava Emtsai, in the, in the manifestation of the Sphirot. Yesod is directly aligned with Tiferet. Tiferet is also known as Emes, Titan Emes Liakov, the notion of, uh, of beauty and truth, which we're, we're going to learn about you know, more robustly next week. Yes, there's, there's definitely a fullness, a completion to Yesod, which is, which is a direct manifestation of that Tiferes. The MS of Tiferes really comes across. Like we saw when we talked about um, Tiferes within Gevura, that Tiferet is really the, the fullness of Din, requires both Chesed and, and, and Gevura in harmony with each other, right? And as like we talked about, sensitivity is part of objectivity. So the fullness of MS has to become across in its entirety uh, within Yesod. So yeah, they're, they're definitely related. Uh, but next week, as we go through all the components of Tiferes, hopefully we'll get a, a clearer picture of how that works.